Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On today's episode, we will be discussing the Steve Plinkscale hire and what that means for Michigan's football program. Just rolling with the with the two-man pod today, but that's all right. We have a, another staff shakeup to discuss, which seems to be a, a common theme here this offseason. But Aaron, why, why don't you start off by giving us the latest? Yeah, you, you you can already say his his last name better than me, uh, Steve. <laughs> I Klinkscale. always want to say Clinkscale, man. It's it's going to be tough to say. Yeah, it's going to take a minute. Um, but yeah, Steve Clinkscale was officially named uh, a part of Jim Harbaugh's staff Wednesday evening by the Michigan football program. Something I think we discussed earlier in the week. It was being reported, or he's, at least he was considered a front runner at that point. Um, it's now official. He is now on staff. He takes over the. The job kind of left vacated by Maurice Linguist, who last who left last week to be the head coach at Buffalo. That's already been reported. That's already been out there. So not a huge surprise, just kind of how this all played out. I mean, Klinkscale is is someone who has come up in the past. You know, in fact, in the statement Michigan released, you know, late Wednesday, Jim Harbaugh said that he's tried hiring Klinkscale several times now. You know, I don't know the validity of that, but I, I do know, I do know, and I can say with authenticity that he has been considered for jobs in the past. Uh, so he's someone Jim Harbaugh has looked at. Uh, he likes his resume. He's got a long one, and it's pretty impressive. We'll get down, you know, we'll get into it in a minute. We don't have contract details just yet. We have put in a FOIA request. There have been reports that's anywhere from two to three years. Typically, when when Jim Harbaugh makes uh, you know assistant coaching hires, the, the the deal start at two years and then kind of go from there. So I would not be surprised if you know if, if this is a two-year deal. Pay-wise, um, it's going to be interesting because if you look at what Klingscale was making at, at Kentucky last year, he's making half a million dollars. I would wager to believe that he's going to at least get that here at Michigan, if not more. Keep in mind, Maurice Linguist was in line to collect a six hundred eighty thousand dollars salary this year. So it wouldn't shock me if, if you know Klingscale got something closer to six six fifty. We should know that within the next couple of weeks. We'll have the details obviously on MLive.com. Either way, you know, Klingscale is on staff. He's going to coach the defensive backs and he's going to coordinate the passing game, the defensive passing game, which is basically what Linguist was was going to do to begin with. Uh Linguist did have the title of co-defensive coordinator. That is that was not in the release. That's not something that's on Klingscale's title at this point. But that that certainly could could you know could, could come. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned the salary. I mean, he he doesn't come with that co-defensive coordinator title, but as far as experience goes, it's he's definitely the more experienced coach out of uh, out of the two between he and and linguist. So, uh, yeah, I would I would assume he would be coming here with a raise, but yeah, we'll have to wait and, and find out a little bit more on on those details. And there were reports that Kentucky Mark Stoops, head coach, was looking to try and keep Klingscale in Lexington. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if he offered him a pay raise and or an op, you know, the opportunity to be co-defensive coordinator. So it certainly wouldn't shock me if Klingscale got north of six hundred thousand dollars here. It certainly wouldn't. Keep in mind, Mike McDowell, the new defensive coordinator, is pushing a million now. So without the the co-coordinator title, probably hurts him. But at the same token, to get him to, from Kentucky to Michigan. I think you've got to at least match the salary, if not offer more. So, right, yeah, and let's get into his his on field success with with Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's not known for landing these these five star and high four star recruits like like other teams in the conference, like Alabama and Georgia and whatnot. Um, but they've been able to kind of contain some of these pwn offenses in the SEC, especially their with their pass defense. And I think Clink still has a, a lot to do with that. 
Yeah, they've really made some gains the last five years, I'd say, under Stoops. Uh, they, they've gone into recruiting areas, parts of the country where that the SEC isn't exactly looking at. So Kentucky has come up to Detroit, and we'll get into that in the recruiting footprint in a minute, but they've come into Ohio, come into Michigan. They've really recruited the, the upper Midwest pretty well and, and taken some of these recruits from Michigan and, and Penn State and Ohio State and the like. So his resume, I think, is, is interesting because if, if you start, you know, we'll start, I guess, most recently, but he was he was promoted to defensive passing game coordinator in defense at Kentucky heading for, for the 2021 season. Obviously, he's not going to be there, but the last five years, he's coached defensive backs on the Wildcats, and they've been largely successful. The last three years, they were their top four in the SEC in, 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 in defensive passing game, which is which is pretty impressive. I know it's an arbitrary number top four in the SEC, but when you look at you know how potent the SEC has off, offensively, they are a little bit more, a little bit less pass happy than the, maybe the Big Ten or the Big Twelve is. But nonetheless, I mean it's pretty impressive. He's been able to build something up. They've had, for instance, you know the stats that Michigan put in their release. You know Kentucky had fifty-seven passes intercepted in the last five years on a clink scale, forty-three of them from the secondary. So they've been not only they've been dominant statistically, but they've been forced turnovers and make plays. And that's something that's kind of been lacking for Michigan second in the last couple of years. So I think between his coaching, the change in defensive philosophy, and the type of player perhaps they're going to recruit, it, that should bode well for Michigan going forward. And then if you go down the line, his resume, I mean, Clint Scale was a former defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach at, at Cincinnati, former quarterbacks coach at Illinois. So he's familiar with the Big Ten and, and what it takes to win there. Uh, former special teams coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Toledo, uh, defensive backs coach at Western Carolina, and then and then Ashland Division II, where he he played um, in, in college. So he's moved up the ranks. He's He's been a coordinator before. He's done it at the big-time SEC level. So I would say he's more than you know, more than ready for this job. I mean, this is this is something he's certainly qualified for. It's something where I, I think he, this was, you know, some folks are calling this a home run hire for Jim Harbaugh. And I'm not going to dispute that because I think it is a solid hire. Obviously we need to wait and see how this plays out, but given the circumstances, given everything, the, the last minute departure of linguist, this was probably the best case scenario for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely seemed like he was at the very top of, of their list and, and Harbaugh didn't waste any time in, in dealing him to Ann Arbor. So yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to tell. I mean, May is, is a strange time to, to lose uh, an assistant coach. So to be able to, to land Clinksdale seems pretty impressive. And I guess what, what stands out to me the most is, is some of the, the NFL success that he's developed um, with, with some of these defensive backs. I was just going through the list. I mean, a lot of these guys that have gotten NFL opportunities, they were all three-star, low three-star recruits. I mean, Mike Edwards was a three-star prospect. Lonnie Johnson, another NFL draft pick that he had. Uh, Derek Beatty, he, was, he wasn't he was even ranked inside the top 1,000 coming out of high school. Same with Chris Wetra, I mean, uh, a top, uh, not ranked outside the top 900. So, I mean, to be able to get these guys to the NFL, obviously there's more to it than just him in, in, in their development, but Overall, I mean, you you have to be pretty impressed with with what he's done with with not without being able to get the the top talent to uh, to Kentucky. Yeah, that, I mean, that tells you that they're able to identify you know potential diamonds in the rough and, and not only get them to the school but develop them. Uh, now, I, I, from a from a recruiting footprint, you know, Michigan's a little bit different from Kentucky. I think they can land some a little bit you know better talent, which I think is is a good thing from when you're starting from the base. But like you said, talent development is key. It's something Michigan's, you know, lacked at times, maybe not so much in the secondary. Maybe, maybe it has, you can make the argument, but they, Michigan has lacked development at certain areas. And when you bring in a, a coach of the caliber of Klingscale, who's shown that he can develop players into NFL talent, 
Um, just imagine what he could do with four potential five-star recruits coming to Michigan. I think that that's a good sign. And like I said, this was a, this is a really good hire for, I think, Jim Harwell. Yeah. And it's only natural that, that when the, you lose a, an assistant coach during the off season, that the, the immediate concern is how will this affect the current recruiting class? And, and given that, that linguist was already out establishing relationships with, with these commits and targets and now Michigan will have to start over. And I mean, I remember linguist was billed as a, as a top recruiter as well. So it's like, Oh man, does this mission have to have to restart here in the 2022 class? And that doesn't really appear to be the case. I mean, Will Johnson, their five-star cornerback commit from Gross Point South seems to really approve of this hire and maybe their, their top target at cornerback three-star miles Pollard, um, from Tennessee. I mean, he received his first offer from Clinksdale when he was at Kentucky. And I know he he sent me a message and was just ecstatic about the hire. And he, he even kind of pitched to the Michigan coaching staff like that would be his preference too. So um, as far as his commitment that will or recruitment that will probably help there. Cody Jones, another defensive back commit for Michigan, isn't too familiar with him. So we'll have to see if if they can build a, a quick relationship to kind of keep that verbal pledge. I guess maybe one target it might not bode well for is is say a four-star safety Dylan Tatum out of West Bloomfield. Uh, I'm told that they don't really have a, the greatest relationship, but remember Tatum's former coach Ron Bellamy is on staff too, so there's still that connection there. So it, re- recruiting here will be interesting to follow under Clinksdale. We'll we'll dive into this now. He's had a lot of success in recruiting Michigan from when he was at Kentucky. I mean, Justin Rogers, the top over top overall commit in the or recruit in the state in 2020, he ended up landing at Kentucky. Uh, also landed a four-star lineman, offensive lineman, Marquan McCall in 2018, along with some other guys. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, there's there's no excuse now for Michigan not to be able to mine their own backyard and, and get these guys on a regular basis. They should be dominating in the state of Michigan with with this with these new staff hires. Yeah, you nailed it. You know, I can remember the last couple of years I was talking about Michigan missing on, on certain in-state recruits. And Clink scale was one of the reasons why. And now that you have him in the fold and you have Ron Bellamy, a popular and successful former high school coach in the state where Michigan was getting some talent from, there's, there's no reason why Michigan can't dominate recruiting the state of Michigan. They, they've gotten a leg up on Michigan State the last year or two. They've shown that with Mel Tucker and, something, and flipping some of these kids and just being a more attractive option for, for some of the in-state kids. Now, there are other schools out there. I mean, Penn State's done a very good job recruiting the state of Michigan. Cincinnati has come in. Obviously, Ohio State is, is, is around the corner or down the street, I guess, so to speak. So there, there's obviously other targets there. But Clink scale coming into Michigan and being in the recruiting fold, I think, certainly helps a ton. You know, the, the talent, you know, it's the state of Michigan remains pretty solid. There's always top kids here. And there's so there's no excuse why Michigan can't get them. Clingsell gives them that. I think from a from a from a defensive back perspective, Michigan, I think, needs to bolster some of the talent that's gotten in here. For a while, they did a very good job of bringing in top tier talent from the from the Detroit area and, and developing them. But that's really that's really kind of tailed off the last couple of years. So we'll see what, what they can get here going forward. And we, I, I can remember earlier this week, maybe last week, us talking about the departure of linguists, maybe not being ideal for just from a timing perspective. But when you look at it from a recruiting perspective, I don't necessarily think it's, it's that bad just because yes, they're in the middle of a the cycle. They're actively recruiting kids, 
but the the on-campus visits haven't started yet. That doesn't start until till the beginning of June. So there, there's still an opportunity here and there's time to build relationships with some of these kids. And like you said, you know, Clink Skill has relationships with kids. He's, he's currently recruiting at Kentucky that aren't necessarily far off from a talent perspective from what Michigan's looking for. Uh, so I don't think they're going to miss much, you know, miss much of a beat here. In a way, it's, it's almost should be a seamless transition, which I think really is a best case scenario for Michigan. For sure. And you know, a uh, recruit to keep an eye on it is Belleville 22 three-star safety Jeremiah Caldwell, who is committed to Kentucky largely because of Linksdale. And he also holds a, a Michigan offer. So we'll see if if the Wolverines push to kind of flip him. So yeah, the, the, the Michigan needs defensive backs in this cycle for sure, because they only signed uh, one safety in one corner in, in last year's last year's cycle, two three-stars. And um, like you mentioned before, yeah, their their talent level is kind of tailed off a little bit in the defensive back room. I mean, both stars last year, Jamon Green and Vincent Gray, both three stars, former three stars. DJ Turner is a former three star. So a lot of, I mean, not to say that they can't be effective at the college level. It's just it's just tougher to kind of develop those guys, and it's not as much of a sure thing as maybe like a a five star or high four star like you got before with uh, the Levert Hills and. And Jordan Lewis is of the world. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and I guess to tie, to tie the conversation up, when you look at the, the makeup of Michigan's coaching staff now, you've got two younger, more younger, hotshot, solid recruiters coaching Michigan's defensive backs now. I mean, you've got Klingscale, who's likely going to be more in charge of the corners and kind of coordinate things. From, from the backfield perspective, but then you've got, you've got Ron Bellamy, who we've, we've discussed to coaching the safeties. Uh, it remains to be seen what, what Bellamy can do from a talent, just a talent development perspective, but those two shown that they, they have the chops to recruit. They know the Detroit area and the state of Michigan very well. So I, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. There's no reason why Michigan can't be elite recruiting the Detroit area, why they can't be in the, in the rolling for every top tier kid coming out of here. And they should be able to land, you know, two out of three, three out of four at this point. We'll, we'll see where it goes going forward. But Michigan has certainly, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have positioned themselves nicely here to bolster their in-state recruiting. Whether it happens or not remains to be seen. You know, we, we've seen them swing and miss before. But the next, I'd say the next six to 12 months are going to be very, very interesting from a recruiting perspective to follow. We'll, we'll see if they take a more regional approach because, yeah, like, like we said, when Linguist was hired, it's like, wow, is Michigan going to open up that pipeline from Texas to, to Michigan? And I know he was, Linguist was very active in recruiting down there in his time at Michigan, never landed any players from Texas, but it was probably coming. So we'll see, see now if they kind of wore it off a little bit from, from that. Texas pipeline and focus more regionally. Um, I don't think we've gotten into this yet, but Plinkstale has a lot of ties in Ohio too, uh, a region where the Buckeyes have kind of dominated in recent years. And Michigan f- first started off being able to, to land a few recruits out of Ohio every cycle. And now it's uh, they're fewer and far between. So we'll, we'll see if that maybe changes at all too. And maybe t- Michigan can get involved with some of these top players in Ohio and maybe kind of steal some from from the Buckeyes. No, no guarantee, but that that could be a possibility here now with uh, Linguist or with uh, Klingstale on staff. That's, that's a good point. I guess I failed to mention that during his bio, but he is a Youngstown, Ohio native. So he grew up in the state of the state of Ohio. He played at Ashland, as, as I mentioned, which is in Ohio. He coached at Toledo in Cincinnati. So he's very familiar with the territory there, the coaches and the schools. How much of a factor that ends up being remains to be seen, because as you mentioned, Ohio State 
and to some degree, Cincinnati have, have dominated that, you know, have landed most of the top tier kids in the state of Ohio, but obviously their winning plays a huge deal in that, but Michigan certainly, there's no excuse for Michigan not at least playing a factor there. So I, I think you're going to see them make some chance, take some chances there, try and land some of these kids because Michigan hasn't done a very good job of it the last couple of years recruiting the state since Al Washington left, since Greg Madison left, you know, Ed Warner was, wasn't afraid to go in there at times and, and get an offensive lineman. Um, but you haven't seen the top tier talent from Ohio come to come to Michigan in a long time, and perhaps Klinkscale can be that guy to to, to begin the flip there. I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not something that's going to just going to change. But if you can get the foot in the door and and just land, start landing one or two, it can give Michigan some momentum, and then you, you never know at that point. Good conversation today, and it should be fascinating to see what transpires here heading into the end of the dead period in June, too, when, when recruits can start visiting campuses again. So, yeah, it's it's the offseason right now, but the news will continue to pop up, I'm sure, throughout the offseason. So we'll, we'll talk to you again next week, and thanks for listening. <laughs>